0: Three, two, one. Happy New Year. Hey there, world. Here's to hoping you're all staying free of UFO abduction, safe from all conspiracy, and find yourselves healthy and alive, devoid of having been murdered. To start this year off right, we figured we would throw just, oh God, the worst of the worst at you. I told Chris after the Junko episode we needed a palate cleanser, and that palate cleanser is going to be a quick how-do-you-do of the worst possible fucking thing we can find. Who knows? Maybe we'll go a little more in-depth with uh, these stories. I know I, I probably will. Um, but for now, just know that this episode's to test your metal. But to start it out, I figured I would let you all in on a, uh, a story. A story about the worst day I have ever heard of. For the protection of the innocent involved, let's just say that the main character in this story is me. Because it was. Now since my mom listens to this podcast, I'll have to omit some details. The details themselves not being the important bits, but let's just say myself and two friends. Both with the same name. Both starting with the letter J. That's not Jason we decided to take a trip to Canada, where I had recently spent some time. As three young twenty-somethings in the land of beautiful Canadians, cheap monopoly money, and substances aplenty, we partook in our fair share of each. You'd be surprised what the admission of being from New Orleans can do for a young man in America's fancy hat. We were treated like rock star royalty, having only ever been middle-class losers, off-beats, and fucking wannabes, in truth. Having completed our stated mission... Our last night was to be the night to end all nights. Admittedly, probably not the greatest idea when planning to leave before noon the next day to beat the checkout overcharge. Well, you know what, let me back up for a second. The night before, when we found ourselves around the point of maybe like 11, uh, you know, we're from a city that literally doesn't sleep, and we're starving. We look up, down, and sideways for even a fast food joint open late enough to satiate. Then we saw bright neon lights in the form of a sushi restaurant. I can't for the fuck of me remember the name, so I'm not even going to try. The place was empty, but the lights are on. We're just so exuberant that we'd found something to fill our tumtums for the meantime that we park and excitedly speed walk to the door, which we fling open, step inside, and then the young Japanese man, well, I guess most likely Japanese-Canadian, uh, He explains to us that they're not actually open, he's just preparing for their grand opening the next day. We tell him our sob story of having just driven 10 hours through Winnipeg, which seriously is nothing more than car graveyards and hayfields. And if we didn't get some raw fish down our gullets, we would drop dead on his dining room floor before he could even open in earnest. We tell him where we originate from and that we're due back the day after next. Hearing this, a large smile illuminates his face. The next two days are all a bit foggy, but this, this I remember as clear as if I'm hearing the words right now. The young man, no more than six years our senior, stretches his arms out and says, Have a seat at the bar, boys. I've got you. We sit down and we pick up menus, which he promptly rips from our expecting hands. He looks us dead in the eyes and says, I got you. What follows is the most delicious... So fresh it's still got a fucking soul. 12-course tasting menu that you can only dream about when you dream inside your dreams. Now, we had plenty of money on us. You know, you, you tend not to make trips to other countries with pocket change. But when done with this delectable meal, the kind man asks for nothing. We take money out of our pockets and we try our best to force it into his. And he says, no, my friends, I've got you. On our way out, after so much gratitude that the place really must have reeked of it for weeks, he stops us once again. He says, you know, this this restaurant's connected to a nightclub that's also slated to open tomorrow. Give me your names, and when you come tomorrow, you'll have a VIP booth, and you'll not pay a penny. Now, like I said, we're all still very young. I myself was 20, and at the time, the other two J's were 21 and 22, respectively. We took this invitation, and I just just know that we took it so fucking hard. I can only remember short flashes of the evening, and every time I do it never fails to make me envious of the Jason that I was that night. Now, I shouldn't have to tell you that three hard-drinking, hard-smoking, hard-everything boys from New Orleans, given a bar tab in the VIP section of a swanky grand-opening Edmonton downtown club, didn't go easy on anything. We invited all and any into our space, and the $150 bottle service that we weren't allowed to pay for flowed like the blood of so many Spartans at the hands of the Persians. One thing led to another, one meeting led to more. I don't know how we got there or how it was decided to do so, but you have to remember that raves were all the rave in the early 2000s, so we hit up a few of those. As the night went on, they got smaller and seedier. I'd like to say that I didn't fall into the trappings that trap music can spring, so let's just say that I said I would like to say that. One thing led to another. One meeting led to many more. And no matter what, our night would have exhausted anybody and probably killed a few. To our hotel room we seem to teleport as I dare not remember the drive there, nor do I wish to imagine which of the three of us was captain. We had preparation to do before our expected expedition began in four short hours. So, I, being who I was and am currently, promptly pass out. I wake up hours later, with the other two J's sweating profusely. Job done. We then make haste to the one border crossing I knew of in Alberta that at the time just needed a friendly smile and a wave to gain re-entry into the states. Well, our timing was a bit off. And by a bit, I mean four hours. The tiny crossing closed. We went in search of a hotel, of which the time and place produced none. Running low on gas, we looked for an open gas station, of which the time and place produced none. How the rest of the world falls asleep at 8pm, I will never fucking know. So we find the one and only open establishment we can. Lethbridge Hospital's emergency room. Now, that name, I remember well. We all slog in half out of our minds on exhaustion from lack of sleep and girth of mind-altering mind-alterers. I, being familiar with the local ways, was elected nearest gas-getting asker forer. I tell some other sob story with, I'm assuming, quite a few exaggerations. One of the lovely ladies attending station knows personally a local farmer that happens to own his own gas pump and says she's willing to make the 3 a.m. call on our behalf. After she takes care to calm the the salt-of-the-earth horticulturalist... I don't really remember what he grew there. Let's just say it was salt. He agrees to the late-night rendezvous. Directions received then promptly forgotten then retold then received again then forgotten then asked for again we were given a hand drawn map with pictures for reference <laughs> after a boring drive past what seems like the entire world supply of absolutely fucking nothing we arrive at what can only be described as the pre baseball diamond field of dreams field if only looked after by leatherface and his eccentric clan And if I catch any of you describing it in any other way, I will fucking cut you. I swear to God, I will cut you. So we snake along the winding road, we think. I mean, it's... fuck. It's like being lost in a corn maze with the slight benefit of being stuck in a Lincoln full of dude funk and the same goddamn early aughts Eminem album on repeat. We pull finally up to Farmer Frightening's farmhouse. He steps out, spits on the ground, and makes his contempt for the three douchey city boys before him just absolutely clear with one look of his weathered, furrowed brow. He wordlessly walks up to his beat-up truck and drives off. We intuit that we should probably be following him, so we do. After what seems an eternity, we arrive at a hand pump. He wordlessly fills our tank, and we ask him how much we owe him. Thinking some insane amount, we we just prepare to empty our pockets of every last loony and toony. He gruffly says, five bucks, with a drawl that I'm pretty sure he alone possesses. We hand him 20, and we get the fuck out of there. Nearing 4.30 a.m., we make haste to the nearest and only open border crossing that my recollection can recollect the crossings hours away and we're all feeling the stress of rockstar living at this point like a household of ladies whose cycles have synced we all feel the powerful urge and need to relieve our bladders with being in what we could only assume was a literal fucking ghost town not a soul was seen i mean we. Couldn't have gotten arrested if we had set up a coke-snorting machine designed for little tykes, accentuated by obnoxious spotlights and preceded by a three-week radio, television, and billboard ad campaign. We stop at the first gas station we see. Closed, of course. But we all jump out like we're afraid to pee ourselves like expectant fourth graders, because that's exactly what was about to happen in seconds. We all, in a show of solidarity and defiance of the puritanical system in place, urinate on the front door of the closed Canadian petrol shop. While relieving and being relieved, I say, I've been napping long enough and it's time I take the wheel. The Jays agree and we continue our disgusting sword fight. But then the unexpected kind of happens. Jay number one finishes his stream and walks back to and gets into the driver's seat. I, lying about napping long enough, decide a longer nap's in order, so crawl back into the warmth of the toasty backbench seat. To this day, I haven't a clue of the time or distance traveled from the time I dozed to this new second. J number one must have been in a rush to get back to his home soil, and so he set the two-week-old car's cruise control at 95. He was also obviously absolutely in a rush for a meeting with the Sandman. I awoke to the feeling of weightlessness. My body lifting off the seat brought me consciousness long enough to say, Oh, fuck. Out loud. My head slamming into the rear passenger interior door panel took that consciousness away just as quickly. Once again, not a clue the time or distance between then and this brand new second, but... I now awoke in the massive field in between the interstate roads. Snow covered the expanse. I was well underdressed for the occasion. T-shirt and jeans were not recommended. Lifting my bloodied and battered head, I see off in the distance the car that had been our only lifeline home that was now settled upside down. The compartment that I had occupied crushed to nothingness. I smile. Had I not been thrown out of the rear windshield, I wouldn't be here right now for you guys to love. Feeling numb from the cold and trauma, I attempt to stand, to walk, to go check on the jays. But I instantly fall back to the earth. The feeling like the bones of my ankle had been replaced with fine-grained sand just overwhelms me. So I do the only thing I can anymore. I scream for my friends. I receive no reply. I scream a bit more. Receive nothing more than the sound of the rear tires still spinning at 95. Then, J number two unbuckles and falls to the ceiling then crawls out. Still no reply. After a time, a family minivan stops and outsteps the only angels I'll ever believe in. A family of native Canadians. The care and love they showed complete strangers moves me to this day. A blanket for mangled me, a warm seat for J number two. J number one finally pulled out of the car. I overhear raspy, muted exasperations, and then I overhear the hushed voices of the oldest men of the family. He's trying to say something, one says. He can't breathe. There's, there's just too much blood, says the other. The ambulance is here now. Strapping a screaming, freezing Jason to a hard plastic board is a task I wish on no one. Jay number two is ushered into the back next. His face and head just bloodied and swollen. Still no response. The drive to the hospital just, it seems to take forever. Every bump, my foot just wants to tear off its bloodied stump. The EMT, seeing this say that just, just please, let it out. I would have made a whole Voltron of sailors blush that night. It was at Lethbridge Hospital's ER that we learned for certain that J Number One is dead. His many broken ribs puncture his lungs, which caused them to fill with the wet red stuff. He drowned in his own life liquid. It's at this place that I find the extent of my ouchies as well. I'll never, and that's never with a capital fuck you Jason, walk the same again. I joke with the doctor that my anger is really just about knowing that my high jump career is over, which, you know, if you had seen me at the time, I, it was funny. You really had to be there, I guess. But it does seem that I had the Mozart of Bone Doctors because, fuck, I... I wish that I got half of the longing looks that my x-rays do when other doctors see them. I won't go any longer with the the hospital stay or the ride home, which is <clears throat> was another saga completely. I ended up in a wheelchair for a year and a half, and on crutches for more than half a year more. Learning to walk again at 23 was a fucking blast, let me tell you. So was the uh, severe opioid addiction I developed that I've only very recently kicked. You know, my doctor was right. Um, my life, just it hasn't been the same since. Blessing in disguise, maybe. Then again, maybe not. But, I mean, I like me well enough today. So, enjoy us now being silly about other people's... Oh, fuck, it's so bad. Hello and happy New Year! And hope everybody had just the merriest of all uh, holidays, um, mostly Kwanzaa, um, because you know Kwanzaa just
1: it gets a bad rap. Um, I don't know why, yeah. you know. But I don't even really know what Kwanzaa is to be. Oh, oh! Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm sorry. I have mm-hmm. a silent there. Hi, kids.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. See, I the thing is, is I don't think anybody really knows what
1: Kwanzaa is. I mean, what religion? Is that Jewish?
0: Um, no, that's the uh, that, that's Hanukkah. That's the one with the terrible chocolate and the awesome game with the top.
1: Right, so is a Muslim?
0: Um, you know, we're gonna get off of it because there's no so way that either only other of the two us know I know is Jewish and Muslim? <laughs> that's right. it? Okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, but yeah, we hope everybody had a great time, uh, with or without family, uh, with or without loved ones. Um, we just hope that, uh, as I said, um, earlier that, uh, you know, we hope that none of you were abducted unless you had fun being abducted. Of course we are not, we don't judge. We don't judge. That's true. Well, I mean, we judge constantly,
1: but I missed you all. Um, I wasn't doing anything. I chilled by myself. See, that's
0: weird because the whole time uh, you kept sending me messages like, um, "Thank fucking god we don't have to deal with those goddamn jokers." It's like <laughs> I'm so fucking tired of them. They're just so needy and they just want and want and want and hands are out and pockets are
1: out and ugh, you know. I wish so, we'd have gotten some messages from from the kids at home. I, yeah, hey, but, you know what?
0: I, we're, I'm I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shout out uh, uh, your your buddy there, Robert. That uh, that tends to like to like things and, and tends to like to uh, to, oh, yeah. to talk from time to time. Hey there, Robert. Thanks,
1: brother. <laughs> Thank it's you a, very much.
0: It's a, it's a pleasure, buddy. Um, it's he's been a the, while. He's the one person that we know for sure that's not my mother that listens to the
1: podcast. Yeah, well, uh, I used to work with that guy. He's a good dude. He seems. I used to work for seen, that guy. Actually, oh,
0: even better.
1: Yeah, he was he was my boss.
0: Seems like see, he does seem like a good dude. So, let's stop uh sucking his cock and get <laughs> on the topic at hand, which is hello and welcome to another episode of See No, Hear No and
1: Speak No. The UFOs conspiracies, mice playing tubas which <laughs> you guys missed and oh. murder. Chris has a little mouse that runs around in his in his truck cab and plays
0: tuba whenever he eats beans.
1: He mm. does, yeah. I, and I'm trying to remember when the last time I ate beans was. I think it's just because I've been eating salads for the last, like, four or five days. I stopped at the store and got some... Got which some salads?
0: Got some salads? Yeah, my, my girl says it's
1: really not a salad. It's just a head of lettuce and a bunch of fixin's because I don't really eat vegetables like that. But I call it a salad. It's roughage some kind of way.
0: Hey, there you go, man. you got to clean yourself out somehow. Uh, I I usually do that with uh, methamphetamines, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Yeah,
1: whatever's clever. Just just so you guys know, though, salads create mice with tubas. Just out of the ether. They just right there.
0: And they will not be your friend. You can try. You can try to give them cheese. Uh, You can try to trap them humanely. It will not work. This mouse is there to work. And that is
1: it. That's yeah, it. it's some bullshit. But, I mean, you know, what can you do? You just got to expect it and uh, plan for it. It's, it's all you really can do. So, so
0: uh, in the yeah. in the intro that I've already written, because holy fuck are we late with this episode, um, <laughs> I mentioned Sorry, that, that this week, I mean, fuck, man, it was the holidays. We need a break, too. <laughs> It you was know? a
1: weird one. It was a weird one. I, mean, I we, had plenty we, of time, but... We put out you know, two Jason episodes. Almost never does. I have
0: family and, and a lady friend and, and animals. God. And, and sometimes I work. I mean, it happens.
1: Fucking Not, people in your life and stuff. God.
0: I mean, I hate them too, Chris. Believe me. I hate them all well, too.
1: Well, your mom just heard you say that. Well, she knows that it's a joke.
0: Right, Hi, mom? mom? Wink. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, since the uh, you know my little Junko episode got such uh, a good a good response as far as uh, people people wanting to listen to it, and um, that previously had been the most fucked up thing I'd ever heard in my entire life, I it's wanted pretty, to do something. Up. I wanted to do something special for you know our our very first of the year uh, little podcast here, and uh, this this is probably gonna be a little quickie. Uh, we don't know how quick because uh, you, you, we get, you know how we are. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. what I brought to Chris was, Chris, I want you to find the most fucked up thing that's ever happened, ever, and talk about it. And I'll do the same. So, uh, all we know is that neither of us have the same story. Other than that, this is what it's going to be. And uh, (laughs) right now, because this will not be a walk in the park, uh, flat out. Um, but I mean, our listeners, I guess, are we're adults, uh, most of us, except for my nephew Caleb. Hey, Caleb, how you doing, buddy? Do not tell your mother that you listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> you know we uh, we can all be we can all be mature about this. We can we can talk about terrible, horrible, no good, very bad things, and uh, and be okay with it as people. We can go about our days not having Indeed. been scarred by terrible detail of horrible,
1: horrible things. know, dude, Junko is a tough, tough story to get through without it resonating in you.
0: I fucking cried after I read that fucking thing for the recording.
1: It's so intense. Um, (sighs) By the way, uh, can I just uh, put a little addition in there, which is uh, more of a uh, correction. Um, I believe what you had said to me, if my ridiculous uh, memory serves me correctly, is that you wanted me to look up the most fucked up single murder i, I did. could find i did and but then you were having trouble with that i, I really was it, it's it's kind of it, it's a hard thing to find somebody that only killed like it, i mean a spree killing i don't know if that really counts as a single murder you know what no, i mean like maybe I mean, it, a it's whole all in family the at the, a time right right or, okay yeah so if it was a know, household that then sense. yeah but I mean, you know, it's hard to find things that aren't just as simple as, you know, uh, fucking firing a gun on a bunch of people. I mean, that's fucked up, but I, when, when in the in the spirit of the show, when we say fucked up, it's got to be fucked up. Indeed. So, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't find anything that suited my taste and my level of what I would like to bring to you guys um uh, uh based on that criteria. So, um yeah, uh, but what I brought, I believe you guys will like. So continue. Awesome. I
0: apologize. No, I mean that's that's basically it. Is uh, is Chris is going to go first, and we're Ooh. about to hear his story, and then we'll hear my story, and then we'll probably <laughs> bullshit some more, uh, and then you know, uh, outro music.
1: Uh, now, for <laughs> for the for the record, again, I know your story
0: Yeah because I was like you fucking picked this goddamn story and I swear to fucking god
1: Well I mean I had I had I had discovered it actually my brother told me this story um Fucking years and years ago. It's so uh, And then I wound <laughs> up finding the actual documentary on it. And yeah, it's it's worse than what he even told me that that long ago. Uh, just so you guys <clears throat> know,
0: I we will be doing a full uh, a full episode on my uh, person because holy shit, there's a lot that I'm leaving out, and I'm just gonna give like the the fucking the the prime tip, just fucking perfect, just. Oh my god, I just want to stick it just barely in. Just just barely yeah. enough to to get you to get you going. And then And then sooner or later, um most likely later because we've never no, have we? No. No, we've never no. come back and done something that we said we were gonna do, Chris. Ever?
1: No, not yet. Not, not yet. once. But, but we're, we're still, not once. We're still kind of in our infancy, and you know what? To be honest, I mean, you're you're both of our people are so fucked up. I'm kind of curious of like, can we do a poll sort of scenario? You know, can you can you tell us who's more fucked up?
0: I, if we could get other people, other humans, to speak to us ever, yeah, in any way, I mean. then um, yeah, man, I I would I'd be down as shit. You know what, people? Uh, um, I don't know. Fucking uh, throw rocks at Chris's truck and or eggs at my house. Whoever gets more wins.
1: <laughs> cool. So let's get into this. Let's do it. <clears throat> uh, nineteen fifty-five uh, is the the beginning year, and and it, like I, I'm going to glaze through a good bit of this because you know uh, mm-hmm. we're going to make it a double. Brevity. So uh, nineteen fifty-five is the year Big Joe Methany was born.
0: Oh, you know you were in trouble when you just meet a guy named Big Joe Methany.
1: Oh, and he, yeah, he's even got Meth in his name. I mean, he hmm. didn't do meth necessarily, but anyway. Hey, this guy created Meth, dude. didn't he? He's a big dude. I I wish it was that spectacular adding adding that to what actually is in this story would be just amazing. Okay, so but 1955. Now, the, 1955. Big yeah. Joe
0: uh, Metheny.
1: Methany. yes. Uh, one of six children. Uh, dad died in a car accident when he was six, leaving his mom uh, with six kids to struggle her ass off being a waitress and all manner of uh, things that a lady could do at that time. <clears throat> um, now, as far as childhood goes, Joe will claim that, or Joe did claim, uh, you know, random neglect and things like that, uh, that he claims that he was in and out of foster homes. His mom claims the exact opposite. Actually claims that he was a good kid. He was a a generally passive, uh, nice, uh, rule-following type of kid. Yeah. Until 1973 when he's 18 and he joins the army and Mm. gets sent off to vietnam and uh claims to have acquired a heroin addiction
0: claims i mean i did well were you allowed into vietnam without a heroin addiction
1: <laughs> that's a good question it, an addiction of some kind i know for a that's, fact
0: that you weren't allowed out of vietnam without a heroin
1: addiction so yeah that's hmm. that's more like it that's oh, more like more what life. actually the case was yeah mm-hmm. it was pretty fucked support up
0: support our troops people yeah. support so they their heroin
1: Uh Hang on, this might be loud for a quick second. I forgot. Ah, okay, there we go. I forgot that little window was open. Uh, and it's <laughs> fucking cold outside. So, um, yeah, so after he gets back from war, he meets this chick who he's with for quite a while. Uh, I don't guess he ever married her, uh, because anything... Like the documentary that I saw on him, just keeps saying his partner. So, uh, gotcha. got you. Yeah, I guess they didn't really get married, but they did have a kid, and um, you know, up into quite a, actually quite a while, um, he didn't really have much of a much of a criminal record, other than you know a little bit of drunken and disorderly and stuff like that. Nothing yeah, too like, serious, like
0: Rambo First Blood type stuff, without all the killing.
1: Without all the killing, right? Just being
0: a, just being a, a guy that, that, that the government just he just abandoned. You know, he fought for a country and he came back and 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 what's there for him? Are there any with parades? No, like, there's nothing. There's not even the free heroin that he was promised by, um, probably by his uh, his fever dreams of heroin.
1: But no, and everybody said that necklace of toes was all fucked up. Like Big Joe, what's up with the toes? And he's like. Uh, He's like, well, what are you
0: talking about? These are baby teeth They and weren't like, handing out medals so... Big Joe Big Joe You know Stop sucking on the toes, Big Joe
1: You know You're making
0: a... the children uncomfortable, Big Joe
1: <laughs> It's a security blanket <laughs>
0: Not at the table, Big Joe
1: <laughs> It's fucked up <laughs> It's so gross So uh, Big Joe actually was a truck driver As well for a while Aw uh, Man after your own heart Mm-hmm. To support uh, uh, what uh, bitchface? What's the what's the after? They, really, they never, they really, bitchface? Is that what we're calling her, bitchface? Well, we are when you hear what the fuck oh, the okay. dumb shit did.
0: Oh, okay. So uh, it's warranted. Good.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that wasn't just a slip of normal Chris that came out there. (laughs) Who the fuck? What the fuck is that bitch bitch face? What the the fuck is her name? Anyway, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, so he's working late one night, uh, driving that truck, and 1994, July of 94, he comes home to find his house pretty much empty, YAOL, bitch face and kid gone, Uh, And a note that says that she left him, uh, has been cheating on him pretty much, and left him for um, this dude that they both knew uh, who, who, yeah, and by the way, she also has quite the addiction. So Homeboy is the supplier. Not super surprising. Hmm. No. So Homeboy is the supplier. She took the kid and left and moved in with him. Wow! And what, and
0: what makes Big Joe really upset is there was that one time where they were at the the YMCA and they were they were taking a shower after their friendly uh, heroin uh, league basketball game, and mm-hmm. uh, and he saw a dude's penis and it was not that it wasn't all that you know I mean it was it was nice the
1: heroin league it was <laughs> nice or whatever
0: but I mean Big Joe had him on girth all day, Big Joe. So he's like you know some you says know, it's What the hell. Oh, man, this I had some summer guy. sausage the
1: other day. It was so good. This fucking so guy. Good. The only reason he won is, is because, he, you know, he actually w- was helping to supply the dope.
0: Oh, see? See, that's where they get you. That's where they get you.
1: Exactly. hmm Exactly. And that's why they can get him to do all that crazy shit, too. That's right. Such as... bum which, fights. Mm, no, this is actually worse, being that she had a fucking child in the situation oh. now well, she wound up uh, she wound up hooking and selling for him
0: see that's not fair to her why she got to do both can't she just do one <coughs> excuse me no Where no no I no just... no
1: because he's i'm sure very lazy
0: well yeah as most pimps and drug pushers are but All right i mean come on it's it's it's, uh, it's Bitchface we're talking about. You know? You doesn't know, Bitchface.
1: Like it doesn't seem like good business to me, though. Uh, uh, like, good management to be super lazy when you only have one. Well... Well, now, granted, they didn't actually mention... They didn't actually say anything about him. He may have had others. He may have. But, I mean, in this case... you let's know. Assi- for the let's just of- assume
0: that it was just Bitchface. Yeah. And she, she either had, like, The Golden or... She, uh, was... They were just terrible at what they did, and they lived very poor and, uh, didn't sell any pussy or heroin.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the second one. They probably did all the damn heroin and didn't sell any pussy, because they were fucking nodding off the whole damn time. Indeed. <clears throat> so, so, um, yeah, Big Joe's not happy about this shit. He's not happy at all. Uh, at one point, uh, they get busted, and and it it seems like at this point Big Joe was done with his with his whole thing after being disgusted by this, by Bitchface and and all this situation and and stuff like that. Well, it is really upset about his kid. Yeah,
0: I'm glad to hear that. Like you know, I'm, I'm rooting for Big Joe. I mean that. Yeah, you wouldn't have started with Big Joe if. Um, if we weren't supposed to root for big joe so yeah
1: yeah well i mean in this case yeah in the beginning of our story big joe is the uh the protagonist
0: go get him joe the know. big
1: yeah yeah bitch face is the antagonist in this case mm-hmm. um so yeah they got busted the kid got taken away and sent into foster care which really really upset uh good old big joe and he went to court tried to get custody. Courts denied him for whatever dumbass reason, and he got super mad and started to plot. Dot like, dot dot.
0: Ah, okay. There, there was a there were an, there was an ellipses there.
1: Their doom.
0: Ooh, man, you did that real well. I liked it. Their ultimate doom. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then a bad guy laugh. So. Oh. You're getting real good what at this ha- whole podcast happened? thing, Chris.
1: Well, you know, I'm trying. You know, <laughs> it's 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 just a it's a fucking repetition sort of thing, and
0: that's right. I'm pretty that's comfortable
1: right. with it at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen my nipples, I've seen yours. Everybody's happy. You know, we I can don't. Th- get on I don't with think them.
0: anyone's happy with with that at all. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, you're not happy then. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, he started to plot and uh, and so what what he what, what had happened after that point was uh, he had gone down to this place uh, underneath this bridge where he knew that uh, homeboy used to sell and a lot of people would be doing dope down there.
0: Why is Huggy and, Bear telling us this?
1: Uh, well, because the situation was, he knew what was up, so he went down there trying to find him. Nice. So that he could take care of some business. Now, I, it's it's you know you never know what exactly he thought he was going to do, but instead, what what wound up happening was way worse. So he didn't <laughs> he didn't actually find them. He questioned some people. You know he was looking looking looking. He didn't actually find them at all mm-hmm. uh, at this point. Uh, but being that he was so ready. And now so upset by not being able to do what he, he set out to do, he found these two homeless junkies and, um, yeah, he proceeded to bludgeon the dog shit out of them mm. and then chop them up Ooh. with an axe. Oh, his murder boner had to go somewhere, I guess. It yeah, yeah he had to find a direction, but that wasn't it. Oh, now God. you could call this uh, a spree killer, up until the point that um, you know, he yeah. Well, anyway, let's get to
0: that point through story. So
1: yeah, <clears throat> okay. So uh, that day, <laughs> still, he still is looking for them, and he goes back to underneath the bridge he winds up um uh talking to uh, luring he winds up getting drugs and luring this one uh what he called in his own words uh a crack whore uh so mm-hmm. <clears throat> one who you know Whores for self-explanatory crack, yes. and yes. uh so yeah he lures her away to interrogate her and, and get her high and stuff like that. When he finds out that she doesn't have any useful information, he beats her, rapes her, and kills her. Drags her to the woods. <clears throat> where um, he had... Oh, sorry. He did that with two of them. My bad. My notes are a little jumbled at that point. He did that <clears throat> twice, so that's four people in one day. That's a pretty decent little spree. Uh, the dudes he chopped yeah. up, we we don't know what he did with him at first. Uh, but the two girls, he threw one of them in a bush in the woods, and then when he took the second one back to throw her in a bush in the same bush, I don't know what the fuck he had with this bush, but uh, he's doing that. <laughs> he's in the process of doing that, and this fisherman. Who's, I guess, pulling his boat up at somewhere sees him and, and calls out, like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? So fisherman, he looks Fisherman, mind around your own business quick. and run. <laughs> big Joe, and Big Joe is a big dude. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not doubting that. He finds this fucking steel bar mm. and chases down the fisherman and cracks mm. his shit wide open. Mm. So that's five in one day.
0: Big Joe, uh, everything was looking up for you. What, you, what <laughs> why did what did all go so wrong,
1: Big Joe? His mission is and he still has not caught Bitchface and and uh and homeboy. So uh, I am no
0: longer rooting for Big Joe, Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah, Big Joe is not doing well right now for Mm-mm. himself. He is but, but he also has now run out of room in the in this bush. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it may have been able to fit two. It cannot fit three. So uh, he dumps all three of them in the water at this point. <clears throat> Fuck it, why not? <clears throat> Gets rid of the uh, the uh, homeless dude parts, um, as well. Which uh, two and a half weeks later winds up. Uh, being arrested because the police found some homeless dude parts chilling somewhere, uh, or floating somewhere, or wherever, um, <laughs> uh, and they're like, "Hey, these don't belong here." Uh, so <laughs> these never know, belong here. <laughs> I don't know exactly how they traced it back to Joe, but Joe got arrested. In, Let's just say in, Big Joe wrote his name on every piece. Yeah, man. He, he, Property of he Big signed, Joe. Yeah, he signed the skin before the cast, um, but after breaking their arms with the axes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, poor homeless dudes. Uh, so, yeah, I, so you know what?
0: As far as as far as your comment of poor homeless dudes, I will quote the guy that I heard at the Circle K down the road earlier today: "Get uh, a job."
1: <laughs> okay. Well, but at the same time, literally poor homeless dudes. Oh uh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I assume he's being held as prime suspect right now because he's detained, he's held in jail for eighteen months before mm. being released. What? Woo! Big Joe's released okay. uh, for lack of evidence Wait, tying uh, okay, him okay. to homeless dude parts.
0: Oh, okay. Well,
1: <laughs> because they well because they found him in different places, so it was hard to tie mm. uh, ca- uh, cause of death, time of death. That Mm -hmm. type of shit, Uh, two and a half weeks, deterioration, all that kind of fun stuff. So, um, lack of evidence. Big Joe is out and chilling, but he's still got a plot for the doom of bitch-facing homeboy.
0: Right, because he didn't just get away with five murders.
1: (laughs) Right. You count your
0: blessings, and you Ah. move away.
1: Well, you you count them by, by doing what... His next thing. Oh my God! What does Uh, he do next? (laughs) So he he's he gets this job. He's working at this factory. Someone uh, gave him a job. Well, they you know they have to eventually. Somebody's Mm going to give him a job. They get kickbacks from the government for doing it. You know, certain Mm -hmm. places do it's a giant factory that's in in this little town or whatever. So Mm -hmm. so he gets this job and somehow he winds up living in a trailer on said factory's property at, 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 like, the the back end of the property where the little dirt road goes to, and it's in the cut, right? And nobody fucks with Big Joe, so Big Joe just... He, he's just back there doing Big Joe, you know.
0: I bet uh, Big Joe does Big Joe quite a bit.
1: <laughs> he does, actually. He's, uh... Yeah, but nobody else wants to do Big Joe with him uh, mm. uh, when they find out what Big Joe does. So, <clears throat> he... In this next little bit of time, he winds up getting two more of these um, smoking ladies of the night mm-hmm. uh, now back to his trailer on the factory property. Okay, where... if we have
0: any hom- homeless crack whores that listen to the show, uh, first first question, um, how are you listening? Uh, that's confusing me. Second, yeah. uh, not so much a question, more a uh, suggestion do not Well first of all, you meet a guy named Big Joe, walk away. That's it. It some some guy walks up to you, he's giant and he introduces himself as big anything, just walk away. You are That's in for true. a bad time. Second, if uh if he brings you back uh not just to a trailer because you know that they have nice trailers, you know, well, you know I don't know. They have nice trailers. So, they exist. but um if he brings you back to a trailer that is tucked behind the grounds of a factory
1: that makes a lot of noise
0: maybe um maybe well i mean i guess at that point it's too late so uh yeah you. Uh, uh you know what you know what uh j- just aim for the balls and and hope you can run faster than he can stand up from a ball punch
1: <laughs> it's gonna be bad if you don't run fast mm. it's gonna be bad thanks for
0: thanks for listening Crackers.
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah i mean well i imagine they have to have phones because beepers are out now and nobody really wants to hand a crackhor their phone to use to call her pimp anyway so they kind of have to that's no, kind of like part gets, of the whole all sticky Ugh. taking care of them package um okay so, so what
0: does big joe do in this fucking infamous now in my head trailer
1: well, he does the same thing that he did to the other two, but instead now he has a taste for blood, so he decides to go a little further and chops them up, and he puts them in Tupperware containers and puts them in the fridge.
0: I mean, that seems like a logical progression of... Uh, of Lunacy? Of, of batshit, yeah. that's right. uh, I mean, that's certainly the next step. Uh, the next step would be uh, to start uh, fucking... The body parts that are in the Tupperware before he cooks them to eat them. Yeah, I don't. That would have been so cool. mm,
1: Really, Chris? We're talking about real humans. Something like that. I mean, for the sake of this story, not not for real. For real,
0: that would have been pretty
1: cool. (laughs) So yeah, so so terrible, man. We're bad people, um, Chris. We're terrible people for sure. For sure. I'm not condoning any of this behavior. I'm just saying for the sake of telling this awful story to you people who want to hear an awful fucking story. Because you're terrible like us. uh, Which we love you, by the way. Let's
0: just hope that all of our listeners aren't just feds just waiting to to strike.
1: Well, we don't (laughs) do these things, but I think I met one. Uh, recently, I can't I can't divulge the location. Okay,
0: we're gonna have to save that for another day because you're coming up on a half hour, and I want to know what Big Joe does.
1: Oh, my bad, my bad. Okay, so yeah, Big, Big Joe uh, discards the parts he doesn't need behind in the woods behind the trailer, uh, you know, on on the property or off right off the property or whatever. Uh, but he then turns around, still never having caught. Uh, Bitch face and homeboy mm-hmm. uh, he turns around and opens up a barbecue stand and Big oh, Joe no. sells sandwiches to oh no probably people at the factory that he works with people oh, in no. the neighborhood oh no uh, yeah oh no people, people like Big Joe's sandwiches and he even makes mention to the people that he uses a special blend of oh, no. special meat oh, in no. with everything no no <clears throat> He also makes mention after uh, you know during mm. his confessions that uh, it, it, it the special meat tastes very similar to pork. So the the um, this is
0: the dude that you hinted to on the uh, the the people pickler episode, isn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So <clears throat> so yeah, that tells investigators that there's a good chance he tried his own product. You know, taste testing, most likely, just to make sure he was putting out a. You know something that the people would actually eat, but then he wound up running out of special meat and deciding to go and um, and 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 he had to re up his stock. Hey man, it's right? supply and demand. It apparently there was a demand. <laughs>
0: oh good lord, Big Joe! Awful,
1: right, Big, Big Joe? Joe. So he got he he grabbed one more uh, the smoking lady of the night, brought her back, and this is where Big Joe does just the most amazing thing ever. <clears throat> he he does the the classic uh, cartoon supervillain confessing your whole fucking evil plot and all that oh, shit and no. everything you've done already before turning his back on her. And she escapes.
0: <laughs> oh, you lucky, 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 <laughs> lucky, lucky crack whore.
1: Seriously, which promptly, obviously, brings the police around. And they find the, the parts, scattered parts in different holes as well. So different parts of the same person in different holes with other parts of another person and stuff. Mm. So they're degrading differently and, and they, they can't tie him to everybody. They can only tie him to two. But they convict him for two and he uh and then they, they, he's on death row which then gets overturned in uh 2004 so now he's just rotting in a normal regular cell for life but um he did make mention though that uh there's something about um the power that you get when when you take another person's life as well as uh his his last uh statement on record, his last statement was to, um, if you ever see, you know, like a barbecue stand or a burger, a little burger, freestanding mm-hmm. burger thing that somebody, regular dude owns, just pop up out of nowhere, be be careful where that meat comes from.
0: Yes. on record indeed. saying that. Holy shit, Big Joe. Holy shit, Big, Big Chris. Joe. That was awesome. Oh, shit. That that was a roller coaster ride, man. Wasn't it? Oh my god, dude! He I'm, fucking I am, went at it. I am tearing up. That was so fucking amazing.
1: Oh. So he's like a spree killer and a serial yeah. killer and like a, uh, I don't know, because he did rape a little bit and he did, um, uh, yeah, he tasted it. So I guess there's a little bit of cannibalism in there. Yeah, I mean,
0: he's he's a little bit of everything, isn't he? He's
1: a uh, Jack of all, yeah. of all trades <laughs> Joe of all trades Joe of all trades Oh love that's it. what it is now
0: We're changing it We're taking I it love back it. Oh my god Okay so Sorry it took so in- long though. Intermission music Do 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 Alright so we're back Hey and, and now it's time for Jason's segment And you know if J- Jason's the one that came up with this This is gonna be pretty bad So. Oh,
1: this and, is, and he's he's oh. our anchor, as oh. we call it in bowling. He, he's Jason's the anchor. He's the that, one oh, who, who knocks right. it home for the team.
0: Oh, oh. And But, dude, what a setup, Chris. That was fucking <coughs> great. Anyway, I really enjoyed the story of Big Joe a lot, actually.
1: Thank you. I <laughs> thought you nuts. might. Thank you, man.
0: <laughs> so this is the story of Catherine Mary Knight, who was um, – Let's just say, without telling you why, is the first Australian woman to be sentenced to life imprisonment without parole.
1: No possibility of ever, ever, ever. being released into no the public ever.
0: ever again. No chance <laughs> ever.
1: So That's a beautiful segue, automatic like just right <laughs> off the top. So this lady here,
0: she um Let's just go ahead and say she had anger problems. She yeah, yeah. was also um, kind of a hoe. I don't yeah. feel bad calling her a hoe because she's also just the worst.
1: Oh, no, she gets it. She's going to get it. Mm. So yeah.
0: she had <clears throat> just like a bunch of kids with a bunch of dudes. Just real quick okay, Um, she married this dude, David Kellett. Uh, she first met her hard drinking coworker uh, in '73. And completely dominated him. That should tell you what kind of woman this was. Uh. The night that they got married... Uh, well, first of all, they uh, they drove up to the wedding service on her motorcycle... Uh, with an extremely intoxicated Kellett uh, riding on, on back. <laughs> so, Knight's mother tells Kellett on their wedding day... Old girl said... Uh, oh, this is what Kellett says... The mom said the old girl said to me to watch out you better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you stir her up the wrong way or do her the wrong thing and you're fucked don't ever think of playing up on her she'll fucking kill you and that you gotta was
1: love a mom like that
0: oh and that was her mother talking she told me she got something loose she's gotta screw loose somewhere
1: Mm. So fucking A. On you know their what though no. um, um, um not not to not, no, okay so do it. Uh, this this story really reminds me of the episode of Family Guy where Quagmire got that girlfriend. Yes, the
0: abusive one. The sad yeah, episode where you, it's not totally really sad happen. because everyone hates Quagmire. No, this totally mm. could have
1: happened to Quagmire.
0: Oh, ab- so it, this, it gets it gets better. Oh god, does it ever get better? So on their wedding night, she tried to strangle him. Uh, mm-hmm. she explained because uh uh her new husband had uh, fallen asleep after only having intercourse three times oh. so what would be a uh, a wonderful evening uh for most people uh some some say uh exceptional uh was strangle worthy for this lady strangle worthy
1: well i'm out of the running i don't she, have stamina like that
0: uh, see Fuck i it. don't I don't have, I don't have the, uh, the overall distance, but I have the, uh, you know, like if it were a baton race and like I was holding every baton, that's me.
1: No, I need time to reload. I need like time, I mean, time Well, to yeah. Reload. Well,
0: see, not me. I, I, you know, but you know, yeah. being in love, <laughs> who can say? So, <laughs> so this lady here, she had a pension for smacking dudes that she was involved with in the head with frying
1: pans. Wow. Um, Were they cast iron? or? Uh, you know, it just non-stick? says frying
0: pan, so let's just go ahead and let our imaginations run wild there, Chris. Fucking A. So, um, she basically beat her new husband uh, half to death because he had arrived home late from a darts tournament uh, that his team had gone to like the finals at. That's why he was late. Uh, so she beat him in the head with a frying pan. Uh, he, the dude fled and then collapsed in front of their neighbor's house and uh, was later treated for severely fractured skull. Yeah. Um, But, Knight, uh, then, like, sweet-talked her way into having Kellett drop the uh, charges. You know?
1: I'm so, sure it was a sweet-talk.
0: Long story short in this. um, She tries to kill him again. He ah. runs away. Then... Because they they had a baby together. I skipped that part. It's really not important. You're still fucking her? It's really, really not important. So they had a baby together uh, before she finally tried to kill him for the last time. So um, he moved to Queensland uh, just because he could not deal with this fucking crazy. The next day, Knight was seen pushing her new baby down the street in a stroller uh, violently throwing it from side to side. Oh. So, she was admitted to, hey, St. Elmo's Hospital. St. Elmo's Fire. Um, I never, you know what? Is that a movie or just a song? How do I know that? Why Both. is that a thing in my head? Is it? Yeah. It was an 80s thing? Yeah. How have I not seen it?
1: Uh... Is it any good? Because it... it it's like some... Is Molly adult, Ringwald in it? sappy fucking like grown-up drama
0: oh well fuck that noise
1: the saint almost well saint almost fire is actually a bunch of different shit it's a an aerial phenomenon it's uh it's a hospital
0: well yeah i just said it she was and anyway so they they diagnosed her with postpartum uh postnatal excuse me postnatal depression um <laughs> That's what'll
1: make you do that? And she spent
0: several weeks recovering, even though she was fucking insane before the baby. Mm -hmm, Um, So, um, after she was released, uh, she then took her two month old um, baby Melissa and placed her on a railway line shortly before the train was due. She then (laughs) left, stole an axe, went into town, and threatened to kill people.
1: Baby Melissa just chilling on the train track? Mm.
0: Oh, but but here's here's the well, hero. he's
1: threatening people with a oh, axe.
0: Here's the hero of the story: a man known in the district as Old Ted, who was foraging near the railway line, found and rescued Melissa. By all well, accounts, at least
1: it wasn't Big Joe.
0: No, oh, goddamn. Yes, let's all thank Old Ted. That yeah. He's not Big Joe. Thanks, Ted. But he he rescued her like right before uh, the 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 train came. You know, he's like a like a you know like a. Um, a hero that looks like a
1: prospector. I'm, I'm okay. guessing. Okay. He's like, "There's babies belong, on that track, the babies." <laughs> now I'm picturing Don Knotts. Damn it! <laughs> oh man, I do a
0: terrible Don Knotts too. That was just an accident. <laughs> um, so they put her back into St. Omo's Hospital, um, but then she signed her out. She signed herself out the following day. Nice. Um Then. Oh, oh! This is kind of important. Uh, Knight uh, was a cook, a chef, uh, and she had this mm. really super sweet set of knives that she really fucking loved. Like she mm. used to hang them over her night, uh, over her night bed over her bed, just because she loved her fucking knives so much. So
1: that's not
0: no, no. Weird this is no. That's a all. good sign, and it's not going to come back to haunt anyone, Chris. So. Sure. She signed herself out the following day. A few days later, uh, she uh, proceeds to slash the face of a woman with one of her knives and demand that she drive her to Queensland to find her cheating ass ex husband.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yes, the woman uh, escapes after they stopped at a gas station uh, where uh, Knight took a young boy hostage uh, and was threatening to kill him with a knife. What? Um, you know what's crazy? Is that all of this crazy fucking nonsense that she's pulling? None of this has to do with why I'm telling the story. Not a sing, not a single bit of it. Mm-mm. I'm just setting the picture of holy fucking this chick crazy. So
1: of just how crazy she really is, and you mm. still won't expect. Mm. No. What's it's- coming?
0: Oh, it's bad. Um, it's she was, bad. She, was, she was she was disarmed when police attacked her with brooms.
1: What?
0: <laughs> she was then taken to a psychiatric hospital where uh, she wait, told Wait, 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 wait,
1: where is this?
0: This is in Australia.
1: In Australia the yeah. <laughs> are the police witches or do they Uh apparently? Do they have a special holster for a broom? I'm not fucking up. I'm not from Australia. I don't
0: know. <clears throat> Maybe that's <laughs> like instead of the shotgun in, in in the squad car there's just a broom there.
1: I'm saying like when they when they like pull up, sirens blaze into a scene, and they, like, uh, have lock to run and load around to and the, like they, yeah. yeah, to the back mm-hmm. of the car to get, like, what in America would be a fucking shotgun. Or assault and rifle. Some, or, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And they're going to grab, like, a push broom and start screwing it together, start screwing the handle on and shit, or, like, what, a shop back and some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> o-
0: okay, so... They put her in a hospital, right? She told nurses mm-hmm. that she was going to kill the mechanic there because he had repaired Kellett's car, her ex-husband, uh, and that had allowed him to leave her. So, uh, all you car mechanics out there, uh, just, I guess, stop repairing cars because you never know uh, who you're allowing to leave a crazy person that's going to come try and kill you with a knife.
1: Yeah, and then
0: him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, basically... Um, They just, you know, that's the end of that. Because there's nothing really much, a whole lot better there. So, next is uh, David Saunders. Um, She met the 38-year-old Saunders in 1986. Uh, A few months later, uh, he moved in with her and her two daughters. Um, He kept his old apartment. um, And she didn't really dig that. Um, so she would throw him out. He'd come back. Uh, she'd throw him out. He'd come back. Uh, she'd throw him out. She would cut the throat of his two-month-old dingo puppy in front of him for no more reason than an example of what would happen if he ever had an affair. Um, what the fuck? Uh, before going on to knock him unconscious with a frying pan.
1: These poor. I'm just like what? These poor daughters, man. What the fuck?
0: So in June they of eighty-eight, deal with in June of eighty-eight, she gave birth to her third daughter, Sarah, which prompted Gosh. Saunders to put a deposit on a house because he's like
1: wait wait, wait 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 I'm sorry I'm sorry mm-hmm. did they give the, the train track maybe back to her
0: um yes Chris Jesus she was oh my- suffering from uh, oh my
1: po- god, post- Australia. postnatal
0: stuff stuff and things you know oh my so, god hey, hey you know what at the end at the end of the story Australia's the real hero
1: <laughs> okay alright okay let's go with so, that
0: Uh, so they got a house, right? Uh, she then proceeded to decorate the house, um, like, completely, like, uh, walls, ceiling, floors, uh, with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. Holy shit. So, after an argument where she hit her husband in the face with an iron before stabbing him in the stomach with a pair of scissors... He moved back to his apartment. But he had <laughs> later idea. returned home, uh, and she had cut up all his clothes. Which is the least fucking crazy thing this lady has done.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, their story kind of ends with, uh, with her putting out a bogus, uh, uh, it's called an AVO because she was afraid of him. It's called... It's an apprehend violence order, which means uh. that, you know, if he had done something uh, or even gone... It's like a, a restraining order, um, but, like, arrest immediately because violent restraining order. Gotcha. Then um, we have a real quick John Chillingworth, uh, who in 1990 uh, Knight became pregnant by um, and gave birth the following year to a boy named Eric. I don't even know know? why I said his name. Doesn't matter. Their relationship lasted three years before she left him for a man that she had been having an affair with for some time. That man's name is John Price. So, this is where our real story begins. Poor,
1: poor John Price.
0: Like, as a matter of fact, you could just go ahead and forget everything I just told you. Because... Nothing that I just told you compares in any way whatsoever to what I'm about to tell you.
1: That's pretty yeah. So
0: John Charles <sighs> Thomas Price was born January sixth, nineteen fifty five. That yeah, just seems to be things. a good year. Um yeah, that's, John Charles Thomas. Yeah. It's a little
1: excessive, don't you think?
0: You know, um if you're gonna do something right, you just you just fucking go all out and do it, man.
1: Uh, yeah, I suppose so. All right
0: so All right. he was the father of three children um, when he and Knight had an affair uh, he was supposedly a uh, quote unquote terrific bloke um, mm. I had to throw quotes there because I don't usually say bloke uh, in in you know in regular company I right. I, tend, I tend to save that for uh, my closest
1: uh, BFFs um, gotcha so um, so that's now seven kids in a situation. Not with, uh, yet. I this mean, one crazy fucking bitch.
0: So everybody loved John. Everybody loved John. Um, his own marriage had ended in eighty-eight, um, and while his two-year-old daughter uh, stayed with his former wife, the two older children did live with him. Um, uh. He was—how could he not be? Uh, he was well aware of uh, of Knight's violent reputation, mm-hmm. mm. um, but. She moved into his house in 1995. Um, His kids liked her. Um, He was making, like, a bunch of money working at the local mines. Um, They did have, like, some pretty serious violent arguments. But, like, life was fucking pretty grand at first. Um, Then, in 1998, they had a fight over his refusal to marry her. Um, So, uh, she had videotaped items he had stolen from work and then sent that videotape to his boss. Jesus. Um, but, I mean, the items were out-of-date medical kits that he scavenged from the garbage. But he was still fired from the job he had held for 17 years because of it. Damn. Yeah. So the same day, he kicked her ass out and she returned to her own house. Um... But everybody started talking because uh, that shit's fucked up yeah and that shit ain't right so um, for some strange goddamn you were out of it man you could have you could have just uh-huh. so a few months later he restarts uh-huh. the relationship although now he said no and no you no you can't live here no. Because, even though his penis was lonely, his brain was like, fuck that shit, buddy.
1: So, Boys, the, fi- the fighting don't, became... Don't let your penis <laughs> dictate everything that ah, you Ah, dictate
0: do. penis. I get it. Ah, okay. <laughs> the fighting got way worse, and... Uh, most of his friends wouldn't even have anything to do with him anymore because of her well, so yeah. now now we get to the nitty gritty the um the meat of the story if you will
1: that's gross Jason
0: in February of 2000 a uh, a series of assaults on Price culminated with Knight stabbing Price in the chest <clears throat> for some reason finally fed up <laughs> he kicked her out
1: Hmm. On, yeah, uh, that's on, all it took. Yeah. On February 29th,
0: there. he stopped at the Scone Magistrate's Court on his way to work and took out a restraining order in an attempt to keep her away from both him and his kids. That afternoon, he told his co-workers that if he didn't come to work the next day, it would be because she had killed him. Ah. Huh. They, uh, they pled with him not to go home, but I mean, he said that he believed that she would kill his children if he didn't go home, which... That's a valid fucking fear. But How, you know, but you know what yeah. you do? is You you take your kids with you wherever the hell you go that day. You don't leave uh, them
1: home. Sure. So, you don't leave them home. Mm. And when you do go home, you go home with a fucking helmet and goddamn armor. Mm. If you're really mm. that afraid of this fucking bitch, you go home with... Uh, like, prepared. Be a goddamn... I mean, damn. I just... I, I mean... No,
0: I, I get you, goddamn. I get it. No, believe me, because I know what happens here. So, yeah. he gets home, right? And um, he, uh, just to find her. Um. Well, wait, he, she wasn't there yet. But she was there prior. And she had sent the children away to a sleepover at a friend's house. He, he then thinking okay maybe uh, you know maybe she's okay you know I mean you never know she could uh, uh, change a heart and stuff um, he, he then goes to just hang out with his neighbors um, just for the night you know just chilling at the neighbor's house mm-hmm. uh, and then he gets home uh, to go to bed at around 11 11pm uh, 11 and um, so earlier that day, she had bought uh, some new black lingerie, which, Gross. when you see a picture of this lady, um, is not is not an enticing uh, proposition. <laughs> um, and she had videotaped all of her children while making comments, which have <laughs> since been interpreted as a crude will. I I don't know what to make of that. Um, uh. I guess she like videotaped her kids saying stuff and like. That's that was her way of making a video, Will. Um, but like when I
1: die, I'm going to give you this. And like
0: I, I really like, I want to watch it, but I don't so bad. Like I want, I want to watch it because I want to understand it better. Um, but I'm willing to leave that a mystery in my head. Um, so she later arrived at his house while he was sleeping. She sat and watched TV for a few minutes. Then she had a shower. She then woke him up they had sex after which he fell asleep so this guy is a a loser or b the loneliest man in the world or c um just a ridiculous nymphomaniac that just cannot say no because when crazy bitch that stabbed me in the goddamn chest earlier that day or the day before Shows up at my house unannounced. I'm not gonna have sex with her.
1: In the middle of the goddamn night? Hell no. She wakes me up in
0: bed. In black lingerie. Still not gonna have sex with her.
1: Just got me fired and all this other shit? No, fuck all mm. that. So, at
0: 6am the next day, uh, the neighbors started to become a little concerned that his car was still in the driveway. Um, when he didn't arrive at work, uh, his employer sent a worker to see what the fuck um both the neighbor and the worker they tried knocking on the door uh tried knocking on the bedroom window um then they noticed uh blood on the front door they called the cops the cops got there at 8 a.m they broke down the back door and police found his body with uh our wonderful mrs knight uh comatose From taking a huge number of pills. Um, She had stabbed him with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. And according to the blood evidence, he woke up from this, tried to switch the light on, uh, and then tried to run away. Um, She chased him through the house. He did manage to open the front door and get outside, but he either, like, stumbled backwards from... You know I don't know uh, butcher knife in the chest um or yeah I might do it or th- that's where he just lost consciousness and she dragged him back in um so she dragged him into the hallway uh, where he died after bleeding out um so after killing him, she goes to Aberdeen and withdraws a thousand dollars from his ATM account uh, wow. His his autopsy revealed that he'd been stabbed at least 37 times in both the front and back of his body uh, with many of the wounds extending into vital organs. Uh-huh. Um, s- quite a few hours after he died, um, she then uh, skinned him and hung the skin from a meat hook. Yeah, um, that part. She then uh, decapitated him and cooked parts of his body. She served the meat up with baked potato, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy.
1: <clears throat> oh. She put entirely too many vegetables. There was no starch in that in that uh, uh plate. Oh no, you potato. said potatoes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, There's
0: still too many vegetables. You know, still. And she... She she plates these uh, meals in two settings at the dinner table, along with notes beside each plate, each having the name of each of his children on it. She Uh. was preparing to serve his body parts to his fucking children. Uh. (laughs) A third meal was actually made... um, But for some reason, um, which is still completely unknown, um, was thrown on the back lawn. (laughs) Hmm. Um, It's uh, speculated that she tried it and and just couldn't do it.
1: Hmm.
0: So yeah, but his head was found in a pot with vegetables, the pot being still warm. ...and estimated to be at between 104 and 102 degrees Fahrenheit.
1: Oh, that's not
0: warm enough to... Indicating that the cooking had taken place earlier that morning.
1: Oh, so it's cooled at this point. That is gross! Mm.
0: So, uh,
1: the, hmm? Yeah. I remember seeing this documentary and the cops who who arrived at the scene at first... Um, mm-hmm. They were talking about having walked into this whole scenario, and the one cop said he walked down the hall and he, he brushed past something that was hanging up. And that it was. He thought, skin. Yeah, it was just like a blanket uh, or uh, a towel uh. or something. And then he felt his arm was wet and looked down, and it was blood, and then he realized what that oh, was.
0: Good l- oh, god damn, dude. I just got, like, the full-body shivers. Like, I felt like I had the flu for a second.
1: But do Ugh. you do you have any idea how skillful a person has to be to do that she, in She one- loved those
0: knives more than any one or thing else in her life. Let, let, let me let me let me let me finish super <sighs> quick, and then we'll yeah, talk about please, the yeah. the absolute human depravity it takes. Um, <sighs> so, um, sometime later, after all of the cutting and cooking, she arranged his body with his left arm draped over an empty uh, uh, one and a fourth liter soft drink bottle. I don't know what one point two five liters are, um, huh. but soft drink bottle with his legs crossed of course, uh, it was maybe. <laughs> it was claimed in court to be an act of defilement demonstrating Knight's contempt for Price I don't I don't get the message so try harder next time lady um so she had um she'd left a handwritten note on top of a photograph of this dude um it was bloodstained and covered with small pieces of flesh um uh-huh. the note read I, should I do should I do my terrible uh australian accent for this
1: no oh oh, oh, oh. Oh, man do we have any uh any fans in australia
0: i don't know if they're fans we've we've got people that listen this might turn them off but i'm gonna do it anyway (laughs) okay i'm gonna fucking laugh the whole time (laughs) time got you back for wait fuck i can't fucking do it okay Uh, time got you back jonathan for raping my daughter no, see, I can't. You fucked with me too much. Time got, you, time got you back, Jonathan, for rapping, which, you know, in parentheses, raping. My Duter, which, in parentheses, daughter. Um, you to Beck, which is his daughter. For Ross, for Little John, who is his son. Now play with Little John's dick, John Price. Let me read that without all the parentheses in proper English. Time got you back, Jonathan, for raping my daughter you to Beck for Ross for Little John now play with Little John's dick John Price
1: what the fuck does any of that mean
0: not a fucking clue but the accusations that he had raped anyone uh, were found to be just completely fucking groundless and false so wow real quick to the trial cause this episode's going longer than I wanted it to mm-hmm. um manslaughter was rejected um She was arraigned on March 2nd, 2001, uh, with the charge of murder. Um, She said not guilty. And then uh, her trial was initially supposed to be uh, July 23rd, 2001, but was adjourned due to her counsel's illness and uh, reset for October 15th, 2001. Well, when it recommenced... Uh, the judge offered 60 jury prospects the option of being excused due to the nature of the crazy fucking graphic photographic adi- evidence.
1: Um, Ugh, I can't them, even imagine yeah, what those photos look like. Five
0: of them said, okay, I would rather not do this. Um, then they went through the, litne- the witnesses. Um, several more dropped out um, uh, you know, at a time. Uh, her attorneys spoke to the judge who adjourned to the following day The next morning, Knight changed her plea to guilty and the jury was dismissed. It was made public that Justice O'Keefe had been advised of the plea change the day before. He had adjourned the trial then ordered a psychiatric assessment overnight to determine if she understood the consequences of a guilty plea and was fit to make such a plea. Her legal team had planned to defend her by claiming amnesia and disassociation, a claim supported by most psychiatrists, although they did consider her sane. Um, Two different psychiatrists concluded that she suffered from uh, borderline personality disorder. Um, So no reason has ever been given for the guilty plea. Um, (laughs) Even though she pled guilty, she still refuses to accept responsibility for
1: doing it. Um, So no confession?
0: None. At the sentencing... Uh, wow. her lawyers request that she be excused so she doesn't hear some of the grisly facts but what? yeah they were like um can she maybe be excused like she's sensitive and like you know this all this nastiness is just really gonna upset her uh, well, they refused she had to stay th- thankfully um, she then became hysterical and had to be sedated um, basically, um, she's got... <sighs> okay. So Justice O'Keefe pointed out that the nature of the crime and her complete and utter lack of remorse required a severe penalty. He sends her to life in prison. He refused to fix a non-parole period, and he ordered that her papers be marked never to be released. The first time ever that this has been imposed on a woman in Australian history. On June of 2006, she appealed the life sentence claiming that uh, being there without possibility of parole for her entire fucking life um, was too severe for killing uh, um, Mr. Price. And skinning and mm-hmm. beheading oh, and Oh, come on and now. Cooking. All she did was murder one man. God, and try to feed him to his kids, whatever.
1: And attempted so, to kill, like, three or four other people. Mm, so bad.
0: So, um, but they they just flat out dismissed the appeal, um, mm-hmm. just saying, uh, this was an appalling crime, it was almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society, Motherfuck fuck fuck motherfuck.
1: mother the end. Seriously. She's lucky they gave her a professional response.
0: Oh, it should have just been... Nah, bitch. You stay, Nah, bitch. Yeah. So, Chris... Chris, Chris. My goodness. What would you think of our first episode of the year?
1: I liked this one a lot. I I really did. I, I love her story. I, I think Same. it's so intense.
0: Wait, when when I can go into more detail of her... Because, cause really, she's got no fucking excuse for acting that way.
1: She's like, got a she, fucking excuse.
0: No, fuck that shit. I swear to God, Chris, I will...
1: Mm. There is no excuse for acting that way. Mm. There's no excuse other than a, a chemical... Or physiological, psychological... They fucking, had her. They
0: had her so many times. They just... I,
1: kept... Oh, man. oh you're,
0: you're better now? See ya.
1: Man. Maybe maybe <sighs> that's how we should, like, structure... Uh, not really so much structure, but, like... Maybe that's how we should do our killer episodes. Is like, hey... Uh, here's another guy that fucking... Could have been caught... About ten times before he actually was or hey we're gonna tell you about how the cops fucked up bad
0: Well see that's most episodes is, is the cops fucking up bad
1: all right so <laughs> I don't know uh, I don't know we should like put them in that kind of mm. category or you know
0: you know what you know what I did really dig about this episode though hmm. is even though uh, and oddly enough both of our stories involve uh, uh, cooking people. Murdering, yeah. Chopping up, cooking people, unintended. Yeah. Swear to God, unintended. completely unintended. But it's a happy accident in my book. Um, but what I really dig about it is that uh, see, like, I didn't get. You know, it was fast paced, man. It was like it was it was fun. It was uh, interesting. It didn't slow down. It. Uh, I didn't have time to get super duper sad. <laughs> True. I didn't have True. time to get attached to the characters.
1: To uh, Big give Joe a was kind of lovable in the beginning.
0: He was, and you know, like I said, <laughs> I genuinely rooted for Big Joe. And, and in I think, the beginning, <laughs> and I really think Big Joe didn't just let me down. I think he he let us all down,
1: Chris. <laughs> he he had potential in the beginning to be a very oh. loving father and 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 husband and just a hard hardworking. Uh, Joe.
0: <laughs> I just, you know, it, it's. <sighs> Chris.
1: Shit, he even liked feeding the people.
0: <laughs> mm. You've just listened to another riveting episode of See No, Hear No, Speak No.
1: Oh, lucky you guys didn't get to hear any, uh, mice with tubas, uh, but, um, the UFOs, conspiracies, and at least the murders. I got a hold of.
0: Just really cooking people this episode.
1: Cooking people. There's
0: just so much cooking people.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, um, I mean, barbecue is, yeah, barbecue is yummy, and it really sounds good right now. I'm not really so much in the mood for a stew, though.
0: Does anybody else want some pork? I'm down. Just some, like, just some really rare pork.
1: (laughs) Blood sausage? Mm. <laughs> and
0: countdown three two one, one. night
1: kids night, night. happy new year by the way happy motherfucking day